0: Beyond the Mic with
1: Sean Dillon.
0: Normally, I have a big intro, but I'll start off today with a question. Is the golden age of television at an end? and What's in television's future? We're joined on the star line by the former executive editor of Premier Magazine, best-selling cultural critic, journalist, and author of Pandora's Box. How guts, guile, and greed upended
1: TV. We welcome, Peter Biskind. Well, lots of people think it's over. I mean, the irony is when I started this book... It was supposed to be a tribute to what they call the era of peak TV, the blossoming of TV programming on cable and the streamers. And now, you know, over the course of the three or so years I was working on this book, now everyone's predicting the death of peak TV. So I think your sense of what's happening with, it, with the changes is correct.
0: Peter, let's go beyond the mic. Normally, I start out with a couple of general questions, but since time is short, we'll kick it off with one big question. Quote, the bad news is the post-network streaming world could turn out to look very much like the pre-streaming world. Unquote, you said. The content of television has changed and evolved since the television... Communications Act of 1996. How has consumers suffered from lesser programming after changes forced on them by the results of pandemic,
1: financial cutbacks in programming, as well as AI? Well, um, I guess the best the best way of answering that question, I think, is to focus on Netflix, because Netflix played the lead in development of streaming and you know, created, in sense, some sense, the streaming revolution. And now um, Netflix is cutting back and all the innovations it introduced. In other words, initially Netflix did away with ads, but now they're introducing uh, an ad-supported tier, which has something like 15 million viewers already. It's cracking down on password uh, sharing. It's also abandoning binging, which it introduced, which which was dropping a whole season in one day, which was rather controversial when they started it, And now it turns out that it's too expensive to keep doing it. So if you add up all these changes, you see that network is sort of backtracking on all the, as I said, on all the innovations that made it Netflix. If you generalize from that, it seems like the distinctions between network programming, streaming program, cable and streaming program are breaking down because there are so many streamers now They're they're competing for the largest possible audience, which means blander programming. Programming is not going to offend anybody. So true. And following up on that,
0: reality TV exploded with a group of nobodies that could be paid than regular actors. How has the least common denominator of television production changed from when you started
1: watching TV to today? I mean, they're sort of neutralizing various shows. I mean, the programming in various shows in the in an effort to make it more acceptable to a vast audience and once you have that kind of competition that's the inevitable result the the other way that it's that change is manifesting itself is that when hbo started they were very careful not to employ anybody who had worked at a network so when tom Fantana was going to uh, do oz which was a revolutionary show that preceded and made way for the sopranos there was some question about whether he'd be a good fit for HBO because he'd worked on several uh, network shows like uh, St. Elsewhere. Now Netflix is going out of its way to hire, is hiring from the networks, uh, and pe- employing people that it never would have employed in the past, and that um, is going to change the whole value structure of Netflix. So it's not that uh, it's not they're not being hired in, uh, in spite of their net, of their uh, network values, they're being hired because of their network values. Pandora's box: how guts, guile,
0: and greed upended TV is the book. Author Peter Biskin joins us beyond the mic for the Rocky Nate. Peter, all this is is eight random questions. To answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Favorite TV show that was canceled long before it should have. Oh boy, huh.
1: that could be anything. I got to ask you then. What's your least favorite show that kept going and going? um that's also that could be anything <laughs> practically
0: in your book the sky is falling you bring up television has created separation in our country
1: which show did the most damage in your opinion well i think the sopranos was very influential in um creating a gap between the um uh the haves and the haves not have nots uh I, I think you know all show all, all a lot of the um showrunners that i interviewed Side of The Sopranos, and it, it seemed like every road led back to The Sopranos, so I think I'd have to say that. Which show or film at Film Columbia didn't get the love that you thought it should have? Well, I mean, there's a show called Perfect Day, uh, directed by Vim Venders in Japan, which was a fantastic show, uh, and it didn't, we should have scheduled it in the evening instead of when it played, but I recommend it to everybody. How about what's your favorite black and white film? On the waterfront. How did your Spirit of 76 documentary change your life? Um, well, it uh, it didn't exactly make me a filmmaker, so it didn't change my... It, it was fun, but it didn't change my life at all. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Peter, if you could have 15 minutes to have one interview with a
0: star long gone, who would it be with? Uh, that's a good one. Charlie Chaplin. I'm going to sneak in one more. Quote from your book, it, you said... Cash, not content, is king, unquote. Who could be television industry's next change maker? like HBO, FX, AMC, and Netflix has been?
1: Oh, that's a hard one. I mean, it looked for a while like it was going to be David Zaslav, but that's not turning out to be the case. Casey Blois is still in charge of HBO, even though HBO is sort of under the gun uh, and has been watered down considerably. I guess, uh, you know, John Landgraf at FX has always been a terrific executive and done amazing programming under core conditions you might say so uh i would say he is Landgraf. he would have liked to interview charlie chaplin loves
0: on the waterfront and wants you to read pandora's box how guts guile and greed upended tv peter biskin thanks for taking the time to talk with us today thank you and that my friends is up you on the mic shortcut If you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another Beyond the Mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like and subscribe on the Good Pods app.